Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Talking a little real estate with a guy who just did my loan. It's kind of interesting. Uh, We were talking about credit rate before we go to break. And I once went on TV on Cron and said, I've never seen any score over eight. 825 and uh, credit score. Whoa. Within like 10 minutes, someone sent me a picture of their credit score. Yeah. I was at almost 800 recently. Really? Excellent. And then you got a loan. And I got a loan. And it went whoosh. Down 50 to 60 points. That'll happen. Which is one of the things that you tell people. Like, um, if you're about to get a mortgage, don't go out and open any credit cards because it could whoosh down. Don't do anything until you consult with someone. I've seen people pay off collections, medical debt, things like that, and your credit goes down. So are so, pre-approvals really pre-approvals, or are they just basically fancy? Um, they Not differ like golden clay. Golden clay. Um, if you go to one guy, he's gonna, he's, he may say, send me everything, let me run your credit, do the right things, let me see the documents, analyze your credit, your, your income, and check the assets, make sure there's no huge deposits that are phantom deposits, and you're not pay, buying the house in, from gold that you have to sell. Um, and, then there's, and then he writes a pre-approval. And then there's the other guy who you get him on the phone, and he, he's itching for some business, and he sends you a pre-approval letter without looking at the fact that maybe your wife is a part-time employee and so with jobs, and you can't use her income, uh, but gives you a pre-approval anyway based on her income. And so that's really what we see more often, unfortunately, Rob, is, is that it's, a, it's an approval letter, but it's not real. It's not... It's not a blank check as it should be, uh, and even nowadays um, we're we're doing more to be determined property approvals where you essentially go through the whole process like you did, but you just don't have an address and you get a, a full underwrite. All you need to do is fill in the address, and that that shortens the time frame that you can close on. You can give that to the seller, and the seller goes, "Oh, well, I have this offer for eight hundred thousand dollars in cash, but yours is for eight oh five, and you're getting a loan." I'll take the extra five grand because you have an approval and you can close sooner. No appraisal, I'm sorry, approval contingency or loan contingency. And uh, it makes a difference. And I think what it all comes down to is that if you're out there searching for a house and you've made the commitment and home prices are going up, I just looked 7.6% a month um, in the Bay Area, maybe not so much on the higher end, but on the lower end, we're seeing that. And you're putting a lot of effort in this. Why are you going out getting a crappy approval letter? Um, and that's that's the whole thing uh, we see all the time is people are walking around with these just pieces of paper. It's not worth the paper that's on. Yeah, that's kind of you got to go through the steps. It's yeah, yeah, and it is steps, right? It's kind of it's a process. Yeah, no, no, you got to do it anyways. Why don't you just get it out of the way early so you you don't you can concentrate on the house instead of shuffling paper around? You know, one of the most frustrating things about shopping for a home in the Bay Area whether it's a, a second home, whether it's a step-up home, whether it's your first home, is how much competition there is. Yeah. Um, you got to be prepared for that. The inventory is so low. 
because with interest rates so low, so many people refinanced, and now they could turn it into a rental and say, you know, hey, I may not be getting 8% real estate returns, but I am getting 2 to 3% cash flow. And a lot of people, that's enough. Yeah, we, we had a, f- a friend who, he's moving to Hawaii in a year and a half, and he's getting his house ready. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're enlisted. We can do that for you. And he, uh, he goes, no, 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 I'm getting it ready to rent. I'm like, you have $600,000 in equity. Why would you just use it? Because it's cash flowing, and it's going to keep growing. So, And he has great interest rate. In fact, it'll be, he got a 15 year, a couple of years back, he's got under 3% on a 15 year, if you can imagine that. And we're going to see more and more of that in the Bay Area. I, I just don't see more homeowners here as opposed to investors as time goes on. I'm with you. Unfortunately. So getting an offer accepted, a lot of times you're competing against cash offers, which means when you put in your offer, most of the time the, the seller is going to take the cash offer, but sometimes the seller is going to take a letter from you. And say, okay, this this looks like the person I want living in my home versus someone else. Within reason, you don't want to get too racially profiling or profiling or demographic profiling or anything like that. But it always helps to be pre-approved on some level and have a good package. A package. Uh, if you're not an all-cash offer, you got to do something. You have to be prepared to combat against those cash offers. Um, if you're going in with 20% down and you know you're going to overbid on that house, there's just a chance. It's We haven't seen it that often where the appraised value comes in lower than the actual purchase price, but it can happen. Um, just throw out a number like 20% at a time. And you have to be prepared that if your 20% down payment is all you have and you need to go over the appraised value, what's your loan options? And there's there's people who just aren't prepared for that. And that's just one of the things you have to be prepared for. Uh, others, like we talked earlier, you have to have a good pre-approval letter. Um, you, we have uh, we call all of our uh, the the listing agents and talk to them about the how qualified our buyers are, and uh, we not only write the pre approval but sometimes we do the, what they call that TBD approval. So there are steps that you should take and have a good package. Motivation letters, uh, working with a good realtor is, is a start. Somebody that knows the area. I'm, I had a client contact me the other day, and they they're buying a place in Sacramento, but they're using a realtor to. You, from the Bay Area, and I didn't understand. Like that, that stuff doesn't make sense to me. Why are you using a realtor in the Bay Area to buy a property in Sacramento? Um, use a property. Use somebody in Sacramento because they'll know all of the little nuances, and they might even know the realtor that's selling the property. And they can, you know, they might be that difference of getting the house. And um, those are the kind of things, mistakes that some people make. That it makes it harder. I mean, you're driving farther, and they may not know that particular area. They, you're going to ask them a question, they're going to start you. And I'm sorry for the the French, but um, that can happen. And realtors are going to do whatever they can to um, earn your business. And that's, I just don't see, think that's a good practice. Speaking with Tony Mendez, you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. This is a big decision: finances and real estate, and income and retirement, and cash flows and rental properties. Rates are getting a little bit higher than people are used to. How is this affecting refis right now? Are we refied out as a nation? Um, it's looking that way, isn't it? Feels that way. Uh, you look at the way I, I was looking at it is everybody who could and should have refinanced did. Um, 
and they did it while the interest rates are low. We go back to 2013 when rates were at the all-time low, and they've kind of creeped up, and then went down, creeped up, went down, and now they're creeping up. And I think it, there were a lot of opportunities for people to refinance, but there's still and, – and you eliminate that one big one, which is to lower your rate, to lower your payment. But there's several other reasons. A lot of people are doing cash out because they can't figure out how to get money to fix their house, and they don't want to get an equity line anymore because – you can't write off the interest, and it's the higher interest rates. But they also don't want to get rid of their low interest rate on their first. So um, you can shorten your term. You can lengthen your term. You can get out of arms. That's really popular right now. People are you are, worried about people in arms? Not not as much, okay. because you can always get another arm. Okay. Right? And arm rates are usually half percent to a point Most lower. Most people come to me who have arms and say, should I refinance into a 30 or 15 now? Even though they can get another arm, I know. Their, their head is thinking something different. I know. So you can find Tony Mendez. He can help you with your refi, with your mortgage. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing it more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Uh, We got to talk about Tesla, right? Oh, man. Musk got a little weird on us this year. From smoking a marijuana cigar on, I think, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um... That's questionable. All right, all right, all right. It's, it, it's an iffy decision. I'm not saying that I have a problem with it, but if you're a shareholder of the company, you might have a problem with it. And if you invest with the guy and, you know, he's, he's relaxing a lot. <laughs> anyway, just I don't even know where I want to go with this. It's, it's a problem day for Tesla. Tesla shares are plummeting. And I don't think it's a stock you can own right now. I think it's, I refer to it as ants at a picnic. Um, don't open the picnic basket, leave. If if you see four or five ants crawling on your basket, don't open it up. It's only going to get worse from there. So shares of Tesla are plummeting following the SEC lawsuit. Um, down 11%, down 34 bucks, down to $270. Extending losses after Thursday's news, the Securities and Exchange Commission filed a lawsuit against Tesla CEO Elon Musk of defrauding investors when he tweeted out last month that he was considering taking the company private. Did he, did he harm anyone when the stock was at 360, 370, 375 and said, I'm, you know, I'm getting tired of this corporate BS. I'm thinking about taking the company private at $420. There's an offer on the table or funding has been found. Yeah, he did because that's easy money. If you're going to be taken private in the next couple of months at $420 and it's currently at 380, who wouldn't take that deal? So there was a, SEC moment yesterday where Musk could have taken a plea. He could have settled. Admit no wrongdoing. Remove himself as chairman for two years. Stay on as CEO and pay a fine. At the last second, he said no. It's kind of bizarre. Musk's understanding of secured almost certainly differs from the standard English definition. Musk has always been, as he put it, aspirational about his predictions. Chaotic nature of the offer made during market hours yesterday seemed to suggest that Musk hadn't really thought through the implications. 
over the last few months, he hasn't slept a lot. I had insomnia this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And I finally kicked it a little bit. Um, but on Wednesday, I was basket case. Um, you know, I, did I heighten something I didn't need to heighten when a kid was being bullied? Yeah, I did. Like, I'm like, whoa, that's not typical me. But when you're, you're exhausted, things happen. Must propose buyout price, $420 a share was probably in part a marijuana joke. 420 <clears throat> And if you're saying funding secured, 420 you're making a marijuana joke, it's not funny. All right, all right. So a lot of the U.S. has, you know, been looking at the congressional hearings right now on Kavanaugh that got pushed off to later in the afternoon as far as the committee saying, should we go to the full Senate? Um, all I'll say at this point in time is I don't even want to talk about that story. The Kavanaugh story that I want to talk about was during his testimony yesterday that he mentioned enjoying beer almost 30 times while denying Drunkenly sexually assaulting Christine Blasey Ford. I know, I know. It's too early and too soon, but you think any uh, beer sponsors are going to come out of this? When it's time to... Re- you think Saturday Night Live is going to do a parody this weekend? Or mm, next weekend whenever they come back? Beer. You know, when it's time to relax. One thing stands clear. Miller beer. Um, I like beer. <laughs> That is so going on to SNL parody. Um, elsewhere out there, oh man, Saturday Night Live's got some good stuff coming, right? We got the elections, we got Trump's uh, Mueller probe, and, and now this Supreme Court mess fiasco. And that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's what it feels like to me. So Wall Street got its first win of the week yesterday, and we'll take it as a victory. Um, Two populist parties governing Italy widened the country's budget deficit target for the next year to 2.4% of GDP, likely putting it at odds with the European Union. Italy's major stock market is, is kind of flopping. There's a lot of reason to hate Italy. I know you're saying there's no reason to hate Italy. I can't do a radio show if I'm going to keep it clean and, and good-natured. Oh, wait, 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 wait. My boss here is an Italian. <laughs> but he's only American-Italian, so he's not like... Widow. I want to talk to you. What did you say on the radio about Italy? I'm going to hit you with a baseball bat 14 times, 29 times, because I like baseball bats. Don't mess with, don't mess with Italian American co-workers. They take that stuff seriously. <laughs> you go, Frank Sinatra wasn't that good of a singer. And it's like, oh, no, you didn't. The Tesla's obviously the big story of the day. For the week, the S&P 500's down one half of a percent. That's kind of a story. You know, last week we were talking about market highs, all-time highs. And we were taking credit for it. Investors received the Fed's preferred gauge of inflation, the core PCE price index, which showed that prices excluding food and energy were flat. Senate Judiciary Committee plans to hold a vote on Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh today. It has been pushed back to later in the afternoon. It was supposed to happen at 6.30 Pacific time. But some Senate Democrats walked out and uh, pushed that off. I think that's a big day. I still remember very clearly the Clarence Thomas hearings. Um, and it was my childhood, right? Or essentially my childhood. So what else is out there? Um, Tesla without Elon Musk. That's the story. I keep seeing it again and again and again and again. 
great headline. Man dies from freak accident in Jack in the Box drive-thru. <laughs> Don't you just want to know what a freak accident in a drive-thru is? Um, Charles Wood, he's 20 years old. He goes into a Jack in the Box drive-thru. He stopped at an angle and was trying to get his food from the window. According to police, appeared he opened the door and was leaning out of the car to reach the food since he was too far from the window. He placed his car in reverse and accelerated, which caused his car to go backward and strike a tree, which pinned him between the car and the tree. So that's how you die in a freak accident in a jack-in-the-box. We need, we need congressional hearings about jack-in-the-box drive throughs We need to protect the safety of America. After we get through this little Supreme Court thing. Can you imagine? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Ryder Cup's going on if you need a little distraction and you need another reason to hate Europe. It's Europe against the USA, and I'm wearing my red, white, and blue uh, jacket right now with my red, white, and blue tie and my red, white, and blue shirt, my, my red pants. I'm all about it. USA, 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 United States of America. Anyway. The United States. Thank you very much. We can't really proceed until we hear, it, hear from him. Lawsuit secured. Wall Street's going crazy with uh, the jokes on Elon Musk. Instead of funding secured, lawsuit secured. SEC, you don't you don't mess with the government, in my opinion. When the government says you owe money, pay it. If you're Martha Stewart and you did a maybe an insider trading thing, or you did or you didn't, and they say you did, yeah, try to get a plea bargain because government workers don't make that much money. They do okay. But they're going to go at you again and again and again and again and again and again because they have endless resources. Lawsuit secure. But like a car company, uh, an insurance company, if you end up getting in a car crash, they they look like a sprained neck is $6,000. Anything more, they'll get an attorney because they know they can attorney it. You know, your cost and their cost will go, you know, put you at a position of wanting to settle it. So the Securities and Exchange Commission filed a lawsuit against Tesla CEO saying that he made false misleading statements. Shares down 11 15% today at random times. Um, I don't own Tesla and I won't own Tesla because I, I, I think it's too much of a civil war right now. Yes, they make lovely cars. Yes, it looks like they've got um, production falling into place. But can they even make money um, at these production levels? So the third quarter production target is on track, according to Electrek, who follows these kind of things. Tesla was downgraded to sell today from neutral at Citigroup as they feel, depending on the severity spiral, the shares could be significantly diluted. Firm suggests that Elon Musk's potential departure, even a smooth departure, could be potentially harmful to the stock price. When you're the visionary, it makes things tougher. Elon Musk backed out of a settlement with the SEC at the very last minute. So I think in hindsight, we're going to look back and think he probably should take the settlement. You admit no wrongdoing. You take yourself off as chairman. Um, but I do know some guys. I, I work with some guys who they're little midget wrestlers. And when they get older, they, they want to be chairman. They, they want to put like their initials on their shirts. Like I, I know what it's like to be a rich billionaire or someone who always want more power and, and to title yourself something. I think I'm 
I think I'm in a pretty good place in life, and I think I've done well for myself. And I wear a sweater, T-shirt, and a hoodie every single day. You know why? Because I don't have to think about it. I'm very important. Um, <laughs> I like beer. 29 times he said it. Mm, beer. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm looking at the SEC thing right now, and I'm trying to like get as much out of that as I can, and, and, and maybe I should just drop it. Um, because maybe it's not that interesting to you, but when you have wall street go against you and there's now starting to come out with research reports, like lawsuit secured and taking a jab at his funding secured, that adds more drama to the already volatile stock investor questions will likely turn to whether Elon remains CEO over time. And that's not a good thing to have demon known versus demon unknown. I can handle anything. Just tell me. When the, when the doc says, I got good news and I got bad news, I'm like, let's do the bad news now. Don't even give me an option. Let's just do it. So Elon Musk started to lose me last year. And I, I hope you know I've, I've turned. Because at one point I'm done, like, he's a visionary. He's doing good things. People love his cars. Um, wow, a power bank. Wow, a solar roof. The solar roof thing, they've installed nine of them in 18 months. Yes, they look good, but they're very inefficient. <clears throat> so, and that's a bit of a problem. So uncertainty around the future of leadership at Tesla is a big deal. But uh, Musk started losing me last year, not when he was dating the, the new hip-hop artist, but before that when he was with Amber Heard, who was a castaway of um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and her went through a nasty divorce. And Elon Musk scoops right in there. She plays, um, a, a, gosh, the, the Queen of Atlantis or something like that in the new Aquaman film. Which I can't say I'm really excited about. Although, you know what I like about superhero films? Anytime I'm on a flight. I don't need to see Bradley Cooper cooking dinners. I need to see superheroes. Oh, he's out, by the way. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. No longer playing Superman. He was a brooding, depressing Superman. The Superman films. Again, I saw him on flights. I thought they were very dark. Too dark. I want my Superman to be happy. I want my Superman to be playing with Mixel Plixel Fix. Mr. Mixel Mixel Plix. Or wait, was that Fred Flintstone who did that? Oh, now I'm confused. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was a crossover. The one time Mr. Mixel Flix came onto Superman's set and you had to say his name backwards to get him to go away or something like that. Anyway, this is all coming about, about. This is all coming about for whatever reason. Sorry, I'm digressing hardcore today. Sorry, sorry. It's Gilly. Hi, Gilly. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Slack's planning to go public in 2019. This has been an interesting year on IPOs. If you bought any of the marijuana IPOs, you did really well. Some tech has been hit, and some tech has been mess. Uh, but every year, the IPOs kind of tell a story. Um, Slack is planning an IPO in 2019, as first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Upcoming IPO will take place within the first two quarters of 2019. It'll value the company at about $7 billion. It's time for everyone who's ever invested in this company to get out. Not to get out, but to have an exit strategy. When it was private, they loaned the company $400 million here, $500 million there. And now that their money has grown from you know a $100 million investment to a $7 billion company, it's time to... Let them hit the cash register. That's the dangerous part about IPOs. 
It's the first six months. It's that, that, that period of time when the, the IPO opens up and lets the insider sell. Because everyone who's, it, it, everyone in the stock the day it IPOs has made money. So you, it's like a salmon thing where you're like, well, I'll, I'll make money. I'll buy the IPO at the opening. It didn't work out for Facebook. For Facebook, you had to wait that first period of where insiders were selling while the company was starting to, to, to vocalize a strategy out loud. But people cashed the register. That's all I got. I've had dry mouth recently, so I've been taking something called biotin, and uh, my dentist recommended it. And uh, let me just tell you about biotin real quick. <laughs> you drool. You can't stop drooling all day long. And it's actually pretty funny, because right now I'm, I got like saliva packing up in my mouth. What was that all about? <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond sank yesterday, hardcore, 30%. It reminds me of that American Idol song. So you had a bad day. That's a bad day in the world of investments. Down 30%. Bed Bath & Beyond's earnings were beyond the pale for many investors. Uh, with shares plunging more than 20% on one day. Stock's down more than 30% since the start of the year. What happened? Um, you know what I, had to, I just like about Bed Bath & Beyond? If you ever get like a second house or something like that, and you're like, you want to stock up on a lot of stuff, you don't feel the quality's all that great. You feel like, mm, I better buy 12 plates instead of six because I, I feel these are going to break pretty easily. So Loop Capital, their uh, analyst, Anthony Chukumba. Chukumba. It's like tub thumping, right? I like the way you say that. He uh, reiterated a hold, but he also lowered his price target down to $15 from $18. For me, Bed Bath & Beyond was a play in the 1980s and early 90s. Uh, really the 90s. Um, but it's just, you only have so many investment choices and sometimes you can go, I I want the weird one. And I'm like, no, don't take the weird one. The weird one has a tougher time telling the story, whether it's positive or negative. Now you can create some value in the weird one, but I just pass on companies like that. It's, um, and I know it's, 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 it stinks because like Walmart or target come up as a, you know, a potential bigger issue. And for the record, we were looking at the um, the Amazon effect. When a company, Amazon looks like they're getting into their business. Amazon's getting into Walgreens business. Amazon's getting into CVS business. Um, stock falls. And then a year later, the stock's at an all-time high again. So Amazon's not really killing these companies, it looks like. Chumbawamba. Named after my favorite analyst. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Spices were once used by medieval Europeans to mask putrid and spoiled foods. Um, And I kind of know why, because I've been to Europe. U.S. is fighting uh, Europe right now in the Ryder Cup. But spices are kind of a cool thing to study. A lot of blood Sweet. has been shed over spices. Um, you know, whether it be a little brown seed, nutmeg, nutmeg, nutmeg. I know you're saying you're, you're mad at nutmeg. It's been one of the saddest stories of history. Um, <sighs> the history of the spice is not a good one. It's hard to fathom that the fashion times for spice infused recipes and you know medical remedies uh could cause you know europeans to expand 
kings and queens wanted spices from uh, spicy countries like India. Right? I know you're saying, you're having a problem with this, aren't you? Yes, I am. But it was globalization back out of Europe that they, they wanted spices. So one of the stocks I want you to take a look at is McCormick. Now, I can't, you know, do a timeline on every spice story of, of life. But like the Black Death swept Europe following the same roots as the spice trade. Is that not tell you something? Huh? As the spice traders went, so went the Black Death. Marco, Clint, Marco Polo. Marco! Oh, I hated that game. Don't you always felt like you were, you were working with cheaters? Go! <laughs> Marco Polo claims that for every Italian spice galley in Alexandria, 100 dock at the Chinese port of Zatan. I don't even know what that means. The Queen of Sheba in 1000 BC visited King Solomon bearing spices as a house gift. I'm not sure why the barbarians took Rome. Maybe it was the spices. See where I'm going at with this? Venetian spice trader Jerome Prioli wrote in his journal what it would be like the loss of milk and nourishment to an infant if we lost the spice trade. Oh, it's the Spice Girls. This is a catchy song. But wait, wait, wait. For, if you want to be my lover, first you have to be my friend. With all that's going on with the Me Too movement, is that is that the solution the Spice Girls had it? Oh, man, this was a bit of a tough week for uh, sexual predators. Cosby, all he had to do was be your friend. He didn't have to drug you. Is that right? This stuff writes itself. So anyway, um, you know, the, the Dutch East Indies, it was all about spice and, you know, the, the myths about it. Spices were used by pre-modern people because they uh, were trying to kill barbaric tastes. I don't believe that. But anyway, what's this all about? McCormick is a stock that I want you to take a look at. And it's a spice company. And Americans, we love spices now. If you if you pay attention to like um, Wendy's, it's like we got the new zesty spicy burger. Um, we want, millennials want more spices. That's a spicy meatball. Thank you. Thank you. That made me laugh. Um, so take a look at McCormick. It's not a stock that's going to do great for you. It's not, you know, uh, I'm an Amazon. But it's also not going to get you into a lot of trouble. And there's something to be said for that. Um, And again, we seem to be inventing more and more spices. And you know what I have? I've got a spice drawer that probably has 80 spices in it. Probably like six of them are garlic or garlic salt. I'm like, "Why why do I keep buying garlic salt? Do we need more garlic salt? Yeah, you just better get one just in case. In case a vampire comes in, you have to like throw dark garlic salt on him, right? One. Oh, the two, count. Three. But whether it be bay leaves four, or black peppercorns or smoked paprika or red pepper flakes or nutmeg powder, uh, cumin. I, I, I don't even like saying the word cumin. It hurts me to say the word cumin. Ground cloves, cayenne pepper, rosemary, onion powder. Consider buying, consider looking into the idea of. Would your portfolio benefit from having a spice, a spice of meatball? Uh, and again, no disrespect to my friends from Europe, but let's just say your spice trade and your march killed a lot of people. 
I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? Starbucks is in the news. Um, one analyst said something kind of interesting about it. Starbucks shares are down less than 1% in 2018. And McDonald's is hitting all-time highs. A couple years ago, I was postulating a theory that, uh, from my own experience with my, my, my family and my kids, that you can't really take kids to McDonald's anymore without, in Northern California, being kind of like, well, it depends on what community you're in, right? But I'm on the peninsula. If you, if you go into a McDonald's, like, it's almost child abuse. I'm loving it. I was the kind of kid that got jacked. Like, if the Star Wars movie was come out and McDonald's had collector sets of glasses... Come in today and get your, you know, your Star Wars uh, week number one glass. And they try to get you to come in four weeks in a row. I was obsessed with that stuff. But Starbucks, they're off slightly for the year. Starbucks is down less than 1%. And a lot of people are starting to wonder, is Starbucks just an old, mature restaurant? They sell a lot of yummy, delicious foods. They've got some places that sell alcohol now. Starbucks shares are underperforming this year, hurt by a slowdown in China. The planned departure of Chairman Howard Schultz, who a lot of people think is going to run for president. I think... I think Starbucks is still an interesting idea. Americans love their coffee. Um, and they're pretty dominant. We'll, another stock to put on your list. Put McCormick on your list to look at. Put Starbucks on your list to look at. Take a look at the 10-year history of them, not the 10-day history. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Cable news. Noisy. Boring. Out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.